0: Self-serving, persuasive talkers of
1: everything and nothing. We, we are, are a conversation, conversation
0: con, con artists. What's going on, people? It's your boy, Mr. On Point,
1: and I am calamity Red.
0: And we are conversation con artists, back for another wonderful episode. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. M-I-S-T-E-R underscore on point.
1: And I can be found at Red underscore Calamity. Also, we're still doing the listener letter portion of the show. So if you have a question you'd like for us to answer on the show, you can send it to our Gmail account, which is artists at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook, Conversation uh, and send it to us that way. And we have a couple of letters this week.
0: Let me start. With our letter from
1: Deb Y. I was excited and shamed at the same time <laughs> to get this letter. Anyway, <laughs> Red can
0: explain why afterwards. I will. <clears throat> Hello, Red and Mr. On Point. I've been wanting to write to you for some time, but just never took the time. I'm part of your podcast demographic that I doubt you're aware of. As Red once put it, I'm one of those people who don't even know how to use their phones. LOL. (laughs) I'm 58 years old and proud to still be alive and kicking hard. Your show is entertaining and usually informative in the sense that it gives me tidbits of information that I can later research for myself, such as the barbecue barbie incident. Constructive critique, I hope. When you're unsure of facts, please take a minute to look it up online. One of you could do this while the other one is talking. For example, on your most recent episode, Red mentioned Kim Kardashian helping Alice. Mr. On Point, you said it was Alice Walker that she helped when it was actually a former prisoner named Alice Marie Johnson, to whom President Trump granted clemency on her charges of cocaine trafficking cocaine. Alice Walker is a famous author whose most well-known book is The Color Purple. Now, regarding Beyoncé's homecoming documentary on Netflix, like Red, I'm not a member of the Bayhive. I don't usually even listen to Beyoncé. I favor Solange and in particular a Seat at the Table album, I haven't finished listening to Solange's latest album. Anyway, Beyoncé only had one song I really liked, which was If I Were a Boy, but oh this Netflix feature of hers was truly amazing in many ways. She did a great job of paying homage to the black culture and its intellectual icons such as Cornel West, Malcolm X, and others. She also slowed songs down during the show which showcased her extraordinary voice with its exceptional highs and lows the show made me respect her much more as an artist although i think the lyrics are shallow in some ways (laughs) highlighting sexual and material pursuits I was raised as a Pentecostal, although I'm not following that path now, but I still don't like a lot of crass talk, well, not unless there's a good point to it. I also don't think being rich is the only thing in life worth pursuing, but I do think that people who have been oppressed for centuries need reminders that great rewards are possible with persistence and hard work. At the end of the day, I think that was Beyonce's message in her special. Also Coachella got one heck of a show for their money. They got Jay-Z, Solange, dozens of dancers, and an entire orchestra. Black excellence, so maybe they'll invite more black women to the stage headliners and maybe they'll pay them well. Check out this article about pay differences for Coachella artises, artists. Artists <laughs> It said in the article is titled How much does Coachella pay as headliners on Finance Yahoo if you want to go check that out. Yeah. Last but not least, <clears throat> Mr. On Point, if I were not a lesbian and about twenty five years your senior, I would definitely want to meet you and may convince you to go on a date with me. L O L, you seem very thoughtful and honest. Take care both of you and keep conning the
1: conversation, dear boy. Thank you, Deb. So the reason I'm ashamed is the crass talk part because we do a lot of that. <laughs> you you are uncomfortable
0: with the crass talk, uncra- though. Well, You're I'm, like,
1: eh. I am uncomfortable with crass talk, which is going to be very ironic at the end of this show because I have something I want to talk about. But also, like I curse, I'm still going to. I'm sorry, Deb. <laughs> but is I don't cur- know. If, crass talk is cursing? I don't know if she if she considers that crass talk or not that
0: word got ass in it that's not the same
1: (laughs) i'm just saying That is not the same um but i i I was finna let deb have it until she said she was raised pentecostal because like every time i hear people you know because she's when she's at 58 my mom is 63 um talk about oh how bad this music is i'm like y'all had songs like backdoor santa don't do that don't <laughs> don't act like it wasn't no crass rhythm blues songs and talking about sex and taking other people um what's his name don't i wish he didn't trust me so much bobby woman <laughs> like mm-hmm. there's a lot of songs <laughs> so but when she says she was pentecost that's different than just her not liking the music because it's a different era, and she feels like they talking about stuff that you know isn't needed to be talked about. But it's like, yeah, I had a lot of stuff, but that was not what she was saying. But um, I yeah, we could make sure that we um are correct that wasn't.
0: And you know, I, I think that was more <laughs> me
1: uh, misspeaking because we did an episode
0: we about did do it. Alice Johnson, uh-huh. so we had a whole thing about that. So. Um but I do like especially lately in the last twenty episodes or so I've been, I've had my laptop out yeah, checking uh, stuff when we I have, a, have question, a conversation and um
1: have a question about it. Um uh-huh. again, I am not a mem- I'm definitely not a member of the Beehive, but you know, I just don't know how anybody could not have watched that you know, if you didn't watch it then okay. But if you did watch it, her work ethic is insane, you know, to, for her to practice, or not, rehearse for eight months prior to this show, because she had just had the baby, so she had to get a weight down, she had to get back into dancing, she had to rehearse with the band, she had to rehearse with the singers, she, like, the fact that she put in all of that work while being the mom of three kids, like, even if you don't like her music, her as an art, you cannot tell me that she don't give folks a show. She dancing and singing and singing live. I get out of breath doing a two-step and trying to talk at the same time. She up here giving it and singing live for the most part. Of course, they have like the chorus, the background track, but she was singing. Um that's why she be doing sit ups while letting people punch you in the stomach. <laughs> yes, yeah, so yeah. so I she mean, can but get that, you know, that's, energy. That's strength. dedication. Like the amount of energy that she puts into her performances. Whether you like her or not, I don't think that you can't be impressed by it. Like of the artists that we currently have of the living artists now, she is one of the best entertainers. That's just what it is. Like she is an entertainer she don't get up there and stand and sing which there is a place and a space for that for people that just stand to sing and just let their vocals be the show but she does it all and having that black marching band and like just the whole the whole thing with the hbcus um and the Black National Anthem. Like, come on. Like, she, that was amazing. And one of my stories today is about somebody who, who might have bit it a little bit in the whitest way possible. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that was amazing to have, to, to watch and just show what we are capable of. Um, like I said, she put a lot of work in and the documentary showed that so yeah I gotta watch it yeah it's pretty like if did you have you seen the Coachella performance no okay good because most of it is the Coachella performance itself and then there are breaks with like the backgrounds the stuff that was going on in the background her meeting with the band the singers and all of that so if you've watched the performance before like a, a one of the um complaints that I was hearing was that it's basically just the Coachella performance. So if you watch the Coachella, a large part of it is the Coachella, but it's a two-hour thing, so like, um, it's not all the Coachella performance. But if you haven't even seen it, you'll, it's, it, she did such a good job, like, and she brought, she did bring out Salon, she brought out Jay-Z, she brought out Kelly and Michelle, like, them people at Coachella got a show there. Yeah, They did. She got, and, you know, she even said that she she was the first black uh female black headliner for Coachella this was the first time that happened um and she was like ain't that a bitch (laughs) um her personality like just her personality on stage i feel like she don't show a lot of personality outside of (laughs) it but like when she's on stage in her you know in her element she's funny she you know she's just a good performer so
0: you know one thing is good to see is artists who when they were early on in the industry having to be what the industry told them to be yeah but getting to see who they really are like who they want to be at a certain point like Beyonce don't give a shit about appeasing people at this point but Beyonce and Destiny's Child probably did
1: well she and I mean (sighs) her appeasing people got her to the point where she is now where she didn't have to
0: like Well, uh, you know I,
1: when i say that i think more about about the chris brown
0: rihanna dynamic oh. situation like <laughs> they were way different people before mm-hmm. and way different people after that situation yeah and i just think that situation propelled them into you know being what they want to be because of all the criticism that they were taking on. Mm-hmm. But I think that a lot of young artists get in the industry and they just, you don't get to know what their real personality is. Yeah, but Well, I mean all like... but bl- it, At this point, I just believe Beyoncé is black. Yes. And she is proud of her yes. blackness and she's going to use all the opportunities she can to mm-hmm. showcase blackness and all of its excellence.
1: But that's what I mean. Early on, I don't think that she could have been this black and made it to where... Like, I feel like she has reached a level where she can go dressed as a Black Panther to the Super Bowl. And people can say, well, the police officers can say we ain't going to provide you with um, security. Because that happened after her Super Bowl performance. Mm -hmm. And guess what? She could be like, bitch, I don't care. I got Julius, that big light-skinned nigga that be with her all the time. She don't give a fuck. Like, she's at the place in her career where she can be as Black as she wants to. Anybody that has a problem with it, what you going to do? Who going to check her? She got the amount of money, to, the reach to get to bypass any of the people who would try to stop her as opposed to earlier on in her career when she was more dependent on a lot more of these uh, systems in place. You know, her, Jay-Z always talking about owning your masters and stuff now. Those were not things that they could do. Either one of them could do at the beginning of their career. You know what I'm saying? Like, But they've reached a point. Where they are able to to basically be business entities of their own, and so if they step on some toes, if somebody feels some type of way, because she sang the Black National Anthem, or that she had a whole Black ass show with like one, it was like one white girl on that whole stage, <laughs> and I don't know what she did to get there, <laughs> who she impressed to get there, but she like she
0: was probably in an HBCU. Yeah, group. she.
1: Literally was like the only white girl she can do stuff like that and and there are people who can get upset about it but it doesn't her at her star level it don't matter she can do what she want and i respect that like because she could have kept playing the game you know she could have kept doing that but now she don't give a fuck beyonce do black stuff all the time now mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah did we address everything in her later
0: i was gonna say that i'm flattered for oh your yeah you are, you're out here getting
1: Lesbians interested if they no, weren't lesbians.
0: No. I'm just a thoughtful and honest oh, individual. my nigga,
1: okay. And those are very All right. Um highly sought after you qualities. Sit out here and be humble, then be humble. <laughs> 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 this nigga want to be humble. All right. <laughs> but you know the
0: it's good to know that I can break into some other demographics, <laughs> even if in the end it still leaves me alone. It is gonna leave you it's alone. Still it's, it's still flattering. It's temporary. And I appreciate you, dear boy, for for letting me know that. That's it's so funny. Fantastic. Keep being thoughtful and honest. <laughs> Thanks, Deb. And she's absolutely right. Keep seeming thoughtful and
1: honest. <laughs>
0: she don't really know what I am. You
1: you thoughtful and honest sometimes. Most of the time. Um, she's right. I did not know that we had that that age level in our demographic. I had no clue. Never crossed my mind. I I just assumed it was going to be either people younger than us, around our age. So that's good to know. I had no idea. We are. What was the What was the African place? Mozambique.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mozambique. We also didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. And we, I don't know. Maybe it's just one person in Mozambique Still, that voted and one nigga, person. That, hey, listen. But it's on
1: a piece of paper somewhere. It's on a piece of paper somewhere. And even if it is one person, the fact that we are able to reach one person in Mozambique to the point where they want to vote on some shit, what? I will take that one person in Mozambique. Like, that's fucking amazing. Like, when we started this, when you start something like this, where you are showcasing your personality you showcasing the things that you're interested in and, and your viewpoint you no, know, i don't know if anybody gonna want to listen to that shit so like the fact that we've had mike on the show from the uk who wanted to be on the show from because he he enjoys our show the fact that you know we've had colin and we like it's just crazy to me that people listen to we We literally will be doing this anyway these are conversations that we will be having so if
0: if y'all don't haven't been here for us to have this conversation this is not a business we didn't start this up with the idea of becoming mass podcasters and having mm-hmm. a whole bunch of fans. Hence we don't really we ain't really on Twitter that much marketing. We ain't on Facebook that much marketing. We're we ain't that, yeah. uh we don't put this stuff on our Facebook page. <laughs> no. We like do no marketing. One because of if you've listened to the show, you know the content we have and you also know that we're therapists. So, that, so you know. <laughs> I work with kids and families. I, do I too. don't need this stuff on my <laughs> Me personal <neither>. page. So <laughs> I don't need anybody knowing that i do this for real in my in my real life so we don't we don't jump out there and market so we started this because we was sitting on her couch having these two-hour conversations and was like we should do this on a podcast and it became a part of our self-care you know this is our dialogue our weekly conversation with each other and we just happen to have it with other people listening now you know so we really really appreciate anybody who gives our show but listen and it's so when y'all hear us being like man we can't believe somebody yeah. listened to this group or in that group or in this group you
1: know it's because we didn't think anybody was gonna listen anyway yeah that, i mean get, it wasn't the goal we didn't care so like to have that kind of response it's just cool and we get probably about 140 <laughs> listens a week
0: and i feel like about a hundred of those are solid people who listen every week I appreciate y'all. If you listen every week, I genuinely
1: appreciate the fact
0: that you tolerate my voice for a little while.
1: And me too. Listen, I don't even like the sound of my own damn voice. I edit the show, so li- I'm very appreciative. <laughs> yeah, she won't listen to the show. I won't. I don't like how my voice sounds, which is weird. I know, I know, but it's what it is. So thank you so much, Deb. Like that's awesome. It's always it is always good to like learn. More demographics of people that listen because it's just again, not because it means that we're getting popular or anything like that. It's just fucking cool from like behavioral therapist point of view. Like, we got these kind of people listening to us, just shoot the shit. Every different week. cultures, different, different culture. Like, yeah, like it's what amazing. What part of
0: my dialogue is hitting one group really, really intently, and what part of my dialogue is missing? Like, I know my crash talk, yeah, you know, misses a lot of. A lot of demographics yeah um, but wanna, you know i
1: really wish the person from Mozambique. i just want to know how they found us and like what makes them listen like that would just be interesting they gonna say the same thing michael said i don't even <laughs> know don't to remember. be honest so i don't long. remember it's
0: just i've been listening for some years <laughs> i don't know <laughs> But
1: shout out to Michael, he hadn't rode in in a while. But I hope he's doing well. Colin, too. Colin, too.
0: Uh, we supposed to be scheduling a, a, our next a meeting with yes. Colin. Yes,
1: yes, yes. So
0: yeah. y'all look out for us.
1: Yeah, uh, AC Blow ain't been on in a minute either. He hasn't, although, like, so he don't come on the show. So AC Blow and I had the same kind of situation that you and I have, except for because of the fact that he lives in a different city, it's not as regular. So, we do have these conversations. So, like, sometimes he'll listen to the show. He don't write in, but he'll be like, thanks for making me look like a gun. Actually, he said that. I don't even know what I said about him last week, but apparently I said something about carrying guns. Uh, I don't even know what that could have been, but he was like, you continuously making me look like one of these crazy gun people on the show. So, um, yeah, he doesn't, like, say anything on the show he talks about. It. He listens every single week and he's always commenting it to me. But yeah, he hadn't said anything to where we could put it on the show in a while. So AC because I know you listening you can send us a voice memo. It doesn't even have to be written out. Which leads us into <laughs> As the next individual did Since which it's voice memo. is
0: Cole Jackson From Goodman Name Podcast. Yes. So, if y'all know, y'all remember last week we talked about uh, the teacher dress code thing. So, uh, he's responding to that, and we're gonna get into a little of the dialogue about it moving forward.
2: Hey, what's going on, Con Artist? What's going on, Mr. On Point and Red? I'm sending this to you to talk to you about uh, the situation with the dress code. Now, we talked about this on on my podcast coming in podcast and at first i think i was in the middle of the road about this whole situation until i actually talked to two people um leroy uh, from the nerve plant and i actually talked to uh, doug which is one of my friends now doug has two kids and uh, leroy actually works with kids i think the biggest thing that we're kind of hung up on is the fact that she yeah, one point was, it was, was hung up on the bonnet situation. But talking to those people, one thing that I can honestly say that we, we we're really not looking at is I think a lot of times when we when we send our kids out into the world, we tell our kids that they're a representation of us at home. But at the end of the day when we come to see them and they where they are, we're a representation of them. Another thing, point another point that was made, uh, which uh, Leroy made also, is it's kind of hard for a teacher to tell somebody to pull their pants up or not look that, look this way, or not do this when the parent brings them to school that way. It's a lot of stuff that we're not looking at. Um, the principal actually won an award for the same program she implemented in another school, which I think I put it put that in the group as far as like the um, the the video that we had watched. But I just think that maybe, maybe we're not looking at this in the correct manner because I don't see what's wrong with having a shirt and some jeans. Like my 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 biggest thing is everybody got a shirt and some jeans. I'm, I'm pretty sure everybody got some shirts, a shirt and a, and a pair of jeans. She's not asking people to come up there in three piece suits and top hats and monocles. Only thing she's asking is people to come up looking. Presentable. Represent yourself in the right way. And I know there's people out there that um, most definitely are are in poor income homes and stuff like that. But I think I think Red said this, or maybe Red me and Red said this while we were having our converse, you know, personal conversation. They good. They show as hell can get dressed when they get ready to go out to the fucking club and some shit like that. You get what I'm saying? Like they can go out and get dressed up for that, but you can't get it look presentable to go pick up your kid from school. Like. Uh, two and two ain't adding up, and don't sit up here, sit up here, and, and think that these same people aren't going out doing other shit. Like I refuse to believe that. I refuse to believe that people aren't going out doing other things, even if they are in a low income household. You get what I'm saying? And I, I think another thing that we're we're focusing on, and we're not really thinking about also, is that we're focusing on the the woman part of it. And not looking at the man part of it, too. Because she also put in there about do-rags, sagging pants, and stuff like that. So I really feel like, you know, all of us um, should look at this as a way to, how can I put it, Uh, as an opportunity, man. Like, come on now. You already know. You know good as well as anybody else know. If your mama show up at school looking a certain type of way, they roasting you. They are roasting you in, in 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 the lunchroom. You get what I'm saying. So why are we in a, in a situation where you know you're gonna put yourself? I mean, you're putting your kids in a situation where is you know somebody come at you sideways about your mom. You either gonna sit there and take it, or you gonna you gonna throw hands with somebody. So I, I'm just looking at the situation, which I know we're gonna actually probably talk about this on my show, the Government Name Podcast, but. The only thing I'm saying is, let's look at this in a different way. Uh, Let's look at it as parents representing their kids, because we ask kids to represent us. And none of us have kids. I don't have kids. None of us have kids. But I don't think what she's asking for is is harsh. I don't think it's classes. I don't think it's racist. I really feel like we're getting up in arms about something that's not very, it's not a lot being asked. And I think we're a little upset about something that's not much that's being asked of us. So that's all I got, guys. I can't wait to hear what your response is. I appreciate you uh listening to you listening to your show. And you guys can hear me if if anybody wants to listen to me on government Name Podcast every Tuesday. All right. Take care.
1: Gave himself that shout out at the end. I see you. <laughs> of course. If yeah. he didn't do what I was gonna do
0: <laughs> That's G U B M I N T. Yeah name podcast name. So it's a lot to unpack in that little situation. Um, but I also want to shout out to uh Twitter because we had somebody on Twitter uh send me a uh mention me in a uh a picture of the principal that did it because you know my assertion was that, you know, they probably white. Mm-hmm. And uh it is a black woman. It's a black woman. Um so thanks Miss Cinnamon for sending me the picture of that principal. Um on Twitter, um, let
1: me read before you respond. So, what was the letter that was sent to the parents? Um, well, these are pieces of it. So, um, yeah. So they let all of the parents got this letter. Uh, I guess after whatever happened with that lady, um, please know that if you break our school rule policies or do not follow one of these rules you would not be permitted inside the school unless you return appropriately dressed for the school setting parents we do value you as a partner in your child's education you are your child's first teacher however please know that we have to have standards most of all we must have high standards we are preparing your child for a prosperous prosperous future um, To prepare our children and let them know daily the appropriate attire they are supposed to wear when entering a building, going somewhere, applying for a job, or visiting someone outside of the home setting, I'm going to enforce these guidelines on a daily basis at Madison High School. We are preparing our children for the future, and it begins here. So, points for the parents included what you can't wear is very low cut tops or revealing tops that you can see your bust in parentheses she has breasts will not be, be permitted in the building or on the premises dresses that are up to your behind that's how I knew she was black because that's a black shit who say that dresses up to your behind that's what my mom would say but dresses that are up to your behind will not be permitted on the premises or in the building or any attire that is totally unacceptable for the school setting leggings that are showing your bottom and where your body is not covered from the front or the back rear will not be Permitted in the building on the premises, pajamas of any kind will not be permitted in the building, along with house shoes or any other attire that could possibly be pajamas, underwear, or home setting wear. We value you. But we must value you. Sorry, we, we value you, but we must ask you to value and follow the rules of the school environment. This guideline will apply to any and or all events that happen inside outside of Madison's premises. Thanks for understanding and being a partner. So that was part of the letter that she sent out to the parents with the some of the rules. Um, I think there was something in there about um, the bonnets and the do rags was included as well. But that was uh, what. So she didn't just, you know, they don't come up here in this bullshit no more. Um, <laughs> I still maintain that I. I mean, to a certain extent, I agree with Cole. I just don't. I don't think that it is an unreasonable request. I don't think that it's something that these parents could not do. Um, Even if, you know, I get when you say, you know they would have clothes to clothes to go to the club if they wanted to. People would get upset about oh why the club if they want to go anywhere if they going out with a, a dude a woman if they whatever whatever event that they are going to that matters to them they have clothes for that. So the argument of they're poor they don't have better dress clothes is not that's bullshit. Like everybody has clothes for the things that they want to have clothes for, and because she's not asking for like this strict. You know, you need a button-down shirt and a pair of chino, like, it's not something that is not doable, like, and I said last week, my mom never, and my mom worked third shift, which means that she was sleeping anytime that she had to come up to the school out of her sleep because she had just got all work at six o'clock in the morning. Never, ever would she have left the house, and so that let us know not to lead, you know, by, she was leading by example. You don't leave the house dressed like that. There's shit you wear inside and shit you wear outside. And my mom, anytime she came up to the school, she was dressed not to the nines, but she damn sure didn't had no bonnet and her pajamas on. She might've had on some sweatpants and a t-shirt and some shoes. She was covered and she didn't look like she was laid up in the bed. So like, for me, it's not an unreasonable request um, for the parents. I don't think that it's something that isn't doable um like even with the leggings i have seen people put leggings on as pants there are two types of leggings any women listening, know notice you have cotton leggings that they're more like the pants that i have on now that are real thick and you can't see through them then you have those that are real kind of thin and so whatever you got underneath them you're going to be able to see and those are the ones that are meant for you to put a dress or a long shirt over it and you have people wearing them holes as pants they're not pants. <laughs> Anything that you can see through you, your underwear through, you cannot consider those as pants. That makes sense to me. Like it just does. I don't know. Don't get me wrong. The part of
0: all of this that makes sense is what co- uh, what corresponds with our current societal taboos. Mm-hmm. Anything that uh, is sexually inappropriate, you know, that's our society taboo. If your mm-hmm. cleavage is showing too heavily, if your thong is showing, all of that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it makes sense for parents not to do that. But we not even, this conversation ain't even about parents that was doing that, you know, that that had anything specific showing. The original woman had on a bonnet and a extra long T-shirt that she called a dress but it was an extra
1: long t-shirt what she slept in she did say pajamas that was the last point that i read or anything that could be considered as pajamas your bonnet is pajamas but let me qualify let me qualify my perspective or do
0: <laughs> i work with children in a whole school system in the schools this is about 14 15 different schools that i go to mm-hmm. every week <laughs> Any given week, I can be invited to an IEP meeting. Mm -hmm. This is a meeting where I sit down with the kids, the parents, the school administrators and find out how we are going to educate this child through the issues that they have.
1: Yeah. Individual education plan. That's what that's called. Individual
0: education plan a child at has an educational-related issue, an emotional-related issue, a life-related issue sometimes qualify for this plan that we sit down and figure out how the best way we're going to approach Mm -hmm. teaching this child. We might have to change things. We might have to put them in a different part of the room. So I'm a part of a lot of meetings where a lot of different parents come to the school. So a big part of my dialogue is from that perspective. So the question that I'm asking is how, much does this impact the function of what we're doing now if you cleavage out and there's males in the room maybe that impact the function if your booty out and it's kids walking by maybe that impact the function but having on pajamas does not impact the function of what the school call you there for having on a bonnet does not impact the function of what the school call you there for and I'm just calling in the question, the subjective notion of what this principle and some of us think is easy for some people, but it's just our own subjective opinion. See, me as a man, I think it's easy not to be sexist. I think it's easy not to be misogynist. I think it's easy to share with your friends and your family when you're going through something and to be more emotionally vulnerable those things are a lot more deeply than not wearing pajamas I subjectively think <laughs> they're simple I subjectively think they're simple but but I know there is a culture in which not
1: doing that is built into that group so you think that there is a culture of people who don't know they're coming out in your pajamas is fucked up like I don't yes. think I don't think otherwise. That, why would they do it? Because they don't care. Because one of the people that <laughs> they had parents that was basically like, y'all kiss my ass. I'm a wear well what I want. I'm a I'm I'm a, a grown person, not a child." Like it's not that they don't. Because if that was the case, they would wear them shits everywhere. I guarantee you. If they had a, a job interview. They're not going to go dress like that. If that was the case, they would feel like they could wear that shit anywhere, and they don't. Like, It's not that they don't know. It's that they don't care. It's they feel like I'm just running up here to talk to these folks at the school about little Johnny, and I don't need to get dressed for that. I don't think it's this concept of them not having an idea that that is not appropriate for you to wear outside of the house. I think so. I I think think so. I can't believe that everybody just
0: don't care. Like, I have a friend who, his cousin, legitimately, when he went to his first job interview, Mm -hmm. he uh, sent a picture of what he was going to wear to his homeboy. He had on blue shorts with the matching blue shirt with the blue hat on. (laughs) And my friend had to tell him, he said, bro, what the fuck are you doing? Where you going? He was like, to my interview. He was like, not dressed like that. He said, yes, I am. And he had to explain to him that you can't go to an interview just like that. That's not what professional looks like. And he said, well, agree to disagree. (laughs) He went to the interview like that. (laughs) Now, he don't know that's the reason he didn't get the damn job, but that's the reason he didn't get the damn job. Yeah, There are people out here who don't understand that. I mean, a man who been wearing a do-rag and letting them things, letting them waves cook for the last, you know, 20 years from age 14 to 34, Now he got a school-aged kid and he
1: always been letting his waves cook from eight to three for 20 years. So then where does it stop? Because what makes you think that the kids that go to these schools that have parents that do that shit are not gonna grow become adults that do that shit too? Why would they not? Well they are! They are but why are we holding those adults to that standard? Because they're kid! (laughs) What does
0: that mean? These the same parents that selling crack out the house. (laughs) What are you talking about? The daddy selling the same daddy that got his wa- waves cooking is selling crack while his child is at school. And the mama, who we expect not to have her bonnet on, just sold her ass. What are you talking about? Why are we talking about what kind of standards these kids' parents gonna have as if these parents ain't living in their own shit? They are. we asking parents who already in the Mr. Bullshit who already twerking on their own Instagram (laughs) while
1: they daughter recording it. (laughs) We asking them to have some have some decorum. For this one space. I don't think what so. I'm, what, I'm, what it sounds like you're saying is that it's going to be this way anyway, so just let it be and don't do shit about it. Like, this, the parents, just let them be parents, just focus on the kid. But we know that this is a system. So the school could put all of this shit into the kid. I mean, and this is a small thing. Yes, they still going to go home and mama might be twerking on, on Instagram and having her record it. But if the school can get them to do some of the stuff to, like, carry it over with the kid i just i don't see what the problem with that is because the school can do all they can with that kid you're gonna have the same repeating shit where they gonna go to the job and be thinking well my mama go out of That's like this all the time i
0: promise you
1: those kids salvation ain't
0: gonna be found in their parents not when they bonded to school one time <laughs> it is they in too much debt with what their parents offer them in their environment to think that I'm I'm not saying don't do nothing I'm saying the risk analysis that I'm making is how many parents will seek to not be involved or not be involved because of this and not because they should just because That's just another barrier now, and I ain't going to do it. Because we have a ton of parents right now who do dress appropriately, Mm -hmm. who ain't willing to be a part of their children's shit. And so to me, this just adds another barrier for another small subgroup of people to not be involved. And my risk analysis is based on how much do some of these things impact the function. Do you know on this piece of paper, on this sheet, it says... um. Men wearing undershirts will not be permitted in the building. That's a white tee. A man with a white tee can't come in? That's a problem. It didn't say a shirt. It didn't say a wife beater. It said undershirts, which traditionally by rules, a white tee is an undershirt. I'm saying that this is... Does she mean
1: an undershirt or wife beater?
0: She's not going to say wife beater. This shit say men wearing undershirts will not be permitted in the building. Technically, a white tee is an undershirt. White tees had never been made to be worn on the outside. They was always under clothing.
1: I bet she talking about white It don't white matter. Business.
0: To me, it's far too subjective. And if he do have on an undershirt that's a white tee or a woman got on a bonnet or somebody got on pajamas, it don't impact the function of your shit. If you work at a bank and somebody with pajamas coming there to try to open up an account, you gonna open up that fucking account. <laughs> and you gonna still offer her all the shit you offer people who open up new accounts. I mean, just because it looks to us a certain way in society, it don't change the function of it everywhere.
1: It doesn't change the function in that particular media, but it does give that child the idea that this is okay. Again, a
0: child's salvation ain't going to be found it, in their it parents. But the it's beans... going to be found in that teacher, <laughs> in that principal, in that system that encourages them. What? Really? Yes, because that's how it is today. Okay. We've been going. We we've been out of school for fucking 15 years years yes and since up to now how the children been
1: getting it nobody ain't ever banned parents from coming to this those kids just become parent kids that are parents that do the same shit like it it, it, it's not that it didn't like it didn't hurt it's just that it just the cycle continued on
0: like to me this is way too passive to do anything I like I, I like the rhetoric. Oh, we're preparing our children for the future, but you can't prepare your children for the future. Point oh five percent of the time, and ninety nine point five percent of the time, they not being prepared for the well, future. Well, you can't
1: control at home, but at the school, when you come up to this school, all of the things that happen at the school, they can control. Again, if you if Susie go home and Mama twerking, the school can't do shit about that. They can't be there to be like, ma'am. <laughs> but <laughs> that's what the not school is doing about it ain't gonna do shit though.
0: That that it just to, that's what I'm saying. That there you don't is,
1: think it's going to do anything.
0: It's not going to do anything. Okay. It's not going to do anything. And the two things it could do is one thing it could do is all of the parents that's wearing that shit gonna say, oh damn, we do need to be better. Let's do it. And then they all get better, and nobody comes to the school for that. Or those parents gonna say, well shit, I mean I guess I'm they can deal with the problems then. Or there, there will be there. a mix
1: of those two things I happening, and not I'll, just all one
0: or all the other. I just, don't we not taking into account how much in debt some people are when it comes to social standards? And this ain't how you educate parents by being by forcing them a position to be defensive about the shit they doing because that's exactly what it's done. It's forced all of them to be defensive about this shit because it didn't start with a conversation. It start with it started with somebody asserting their power and saying, "Oh, you can't come to the school to register your child before the rules even popped up." They just sent somebody home for the hell of it.
1: So, what did the what did the course of events need to look like? What
0: did the course of events need to look like? To me, if you're going to uh, create a system, it needs to be a system about educating parents. It don't need to be a knee-jerk response to something that you as an individual don't like. Why didn't this principal go reach out to all the other principals in this school system, reach out to the Board of Education, which is a step above her, start to get rules written, and then have this stuff roll out to all the parents appropriately? There's a reason that this one principal with this one school, has rolled this out, and ain't no other school in the district done it. You, and why the Board of Education above her
1: ain't touching this issue. You because would have had to, a problem to, if she had it. If the Board, you would have had a bigger problem, I feel like, if the Board of Education had said all the schools in this district The only to reason do that I'm bringing
0: up the Board of Education in it is because nobody else is having the same concerns that she is having.
1: They do they just don't want to touch it. Well there's a reason they don't want to touch <laughs> because it. Because it is because people are going to call it classes and people are going to call it and People are going to say it's only catered to black people because black people are the only ones that wear bonnets and do rags and that's they why. The only, there's a whole bunch of hood white folks out there that be doing this like hood white <laughs> folks be coming there with their titties out and they, with their ripped up jeans. i talk like about all the bonnets some of those things are black specific that are not going white people don't need violence they don't that's not so there are people that will look at that and see it as racist that's why the school ain't gonna touch it is that is not indicative that they don't see it as a problem it's indicative that they don't see it as enough of a problem for them to deal with the bullshit that's gonna come with them and that's what i'm saying it's but that not, doesn't mean it shouldn't happen just because you don't want to deal with the consequences of it because people no, don't call you racist? No, I don't
0: think it's about them not wanting to deal with the consequences of it because if it was a big enough issue, they would deal with it. I don't think anybody regards this as a bigger issue than this individual who has these subjective ideas of what people are it's supposed to look
1: subjective. like. subjective. Everybody, you talking about culture or societal norm, that is a societal norm. The only people who feel like that shit is appropriate are the people that do it. Like, all the rest of us, every conversation you have you had a conversation with anybody that was like I don't see nothing wrong with wearing your bonnet it's fine have you had any person that you know that you deal with say that I wouldn't talk to nobody in that situation <laughs>
0: you know I don't talk to nobody but clients and teachers all week long and then you at
1: the end of the week <laughs> but your other like people you, your colleagues people that you know like none of them I don't like- even agree
0: <laughs> I don't even agree that you should wear bonnets out I don't even agree that you should wear pajamas out I don't agree that you should wear do-rags to an IEP meeting. <laughs> I don't agree either. But I also know that it don't impact what the function of that purpose is. Okay. It don't do shit. I, don't, I I understand those societal things. I won't go out with any of that stuff on. And you know what? If one of my clients came to an IEP with a Winnie the Pooh pajama set on, I'd be like, now why you goddamn brought that pa- <laughs> pajama set here while we trying to talk about your child's future? <laughs> what possessed you to wear that here? my issue is when a system like this begins to tell you what you're supposed to do and what you are and ain't going to do. And it ain't no research behind it. It ain't no community dialogue about what this could possibly do to that group of people. It ain't no community outreach to try to figure out how we educate the people. It's just a knee-jerk response to say, you can't do this, and now I'm going to make some rules based around what I feel is wrong. And nobody else supports me. If
1: they had seminars... On appropriate dress, you think these parents would attend those seminars on appropriate dress? That they would voluntarily go and learn about? Don't wear your bonnet to certain. Like they, they would think, go? I think if
0: she had an initiative that had parents that came to the school that couldn't return until
1: they did this little program, maybe that would be different. It's still a rule that you have to do it and if you don't you ain't gonna like you can't return it's the same how is that different from what but, that, doing? but that's how
0: every rule is every rule ain't a rule until everybody agreed that it's a rule then it's a rule that's how legislation is it's, ain't shit a law until it is a law she a school. Principal. so if the whole system was behind all of this i'd be like damn that is a big enough issue to do this but literally one school in america one one school in America made this decision, and oh, because it's such a big issue, you think there'd be a natural wave of every school creating these rules. It started but It's been conversation. it's, ha- it's every- been three weeks. It's been three weeks, and ain't nobody else came out saying the same it's thing. It's the
1: end of the school year. We'll see what happens at the beginning of the next school year. Like They I-
0: might change the rules. If they change the rules, then I'm going to have to get on board with the fact that I guess this is a big enough problem. Just right now. We can't make decisions based off of no research and no school, understanding and no dialogue. It's
1: the end of the school year. Any wide reaching rule that they were gonna do, they wouldn't do right now. She could do that because it's at her particular school. But over the summer into next school year, it might be different. So are know. we
0: willing to say, let's say we do some research, are we willing to say that the parents uh attendance to to meetings and things drops by fifty percent because this happened? Uh are we are we okay with that? I am. You're willing to let the kids suffer because how of the rule about this suffering? arbitrary stuff.
1: Like, because it, <laughs> a parent that would drop out of their child's educational plan in life because you got mad because of what you couldn't wear or what they told you not to wear, how helpful was that parent gonna be in the process anyway if you gonna get that upset so who's to say something that they say in the you know how many parents get upset about they, they can't be doing wrong shit and the parent come up there getting these. this was why I could never be a teacher getting in these parents face I don't know why you think that these are the kind of parents that's gonna come into this I'm meeting not, and be like let's do what we need to do for little Johnny to make it better like you assuming that them coming is gonna make this big ass difference and it might not depending on the parent I'm not even talking about
0: parents who are Mad.
1: I'm
0: talking about parents that yeah. waves cook from eight to three. Get out of here. And he said, hell no, these waves don't come out the oven until three, bitch. I don't give a damn with that school call. If I can't come up there with this do-rag on, I ain't taking it off. I take this bitch off at 301 every day for the last 20 years. You think I'm gonna take this thing off now? Or the mama who be like, you know, I took my braids down last night, didn't know my kid was gonna get in trouble, got a phone call. I am not coming out here. Put your hair in a ponytail. Like, this shit, that is crazy to me. Like- but every parent ain't got it like that. These Cynthia how Hal that parents ain't gonna put themselves in no spirit. Half of the parents can't even get a ponytail. You know how black community of hair is. With all these sew-ins and micro braids and, uh, and all these different styles that's been damaging black hair for the longest, oh, especially in the hood, when you don't get a professional to do it. When you let Angelise <laughs> down the street do your damn hair, and now your edge is gone for the next 12 years. Ooh, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm just saying. Get a hat. <laughs> listen, there whether we understand it or not, there is a group of people in black people, sub, sub, subgroups that believe that some of these things are okay and a big part of it is because they never they've never had to participate in shit like a child's education they got out of school barely struggled out of it got out of it and don't wore pajamas everywhere for the last (laughs) 20 years because you know what they've been on welfare you know you know what they ain't had to have no damn job interviews It's people who, they have a different norm than we have. And we can't just swoop in and give people who may not know shit consequences when if they possibly don't know, we need to educate them. I just don't, don't believe they don't bread. know. You work with the clients. That's what know. I know shit. They know. No, you
1: know <laughs> shit that they have no idea of. A lot of the time, I do, but not this. Not not coming up to our center with your bonnet on. Like, and I tell them that shit. Like, where you got this bonnet on? I just rolled out of bed and came if on. If people up don't
0: care. It's because they've not had the value of not doing that thing implemented into their lives. So the difference between not knowing and not caring is arbitrary if you don't have a basic understanding of the value
1: of it. The value of it came from my mama not doing that shit that's what my bad that's But you keep going back what, what your it. mama
0: did for you but you're not talking about what their mama didn't do
1: for them but that's what i'm saying that mom needs to do it for them like th- that's no, what i'm saying you, if you're saying that they could potentially not know because it was never shown to them or nobody ever told them that's just gonna perpetuate that these are gonna be kids nobody's gonna tell them the pain because the parents doing the same it's <laughs> it's gonna be the same thing my value in that came from an example it happened to be my mom but whoever in my life i have been around that i saw go handle business or i saw leave out of the house looking at them how they did that is what how i know what to do like that's your your family your parents are your first example of everything they the first people that before you even go to school they your first example and some of these parents are terrible examples (laughs) they are of shit and yes part of it is because they had terrible examples too but it's like we just gonna keep creating all of these bad examples and but you, you mean, don't think going, it's a better way? I don't know what it is, but I don't think it's well, educational. But there's a way
0: to help these parents become the kind of parents that can educate their kids about professionalism.
1: I don't know how This it, ain't the
0: way. Well This is nowhere near the way.
1: Putting them in or having these little sessions for them to cause attend that they gonna have to either take all work or five times well, to go. I don't, care, I don't go. care what it
0: is. But I gotta a
1: correct Cole Jackson.
0: She won an award for a homeless program that she did when she was at that school, mm. that's what the award was for. Not they for the just entry. happened to in uh, telling this whole story mentioned that she implemented this same rule at that school too. Oh, okay. So the award wasn't for implementing that dress code. The award was for a homeless program that she did while she was at that school. That's what she got that hundred thousand dollars for. So she does
1: implement other things other
0: than. That's just how dress I know codes. that she could find a way to implement <laughs> some kind of program. That would help parents be educated about this thing rather than what. And and just it's just a part of me that feel like I know how principles are very territorial. And principles have very particular personalities, man. Meet principles. Everybody has a no, 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 no. Principles. All of us no you- principals specifically have a very territorial uh uh, are very territorial over their school systems and they are like political figures more so than anything. Not political as the superintendent, but they deal with the how the school looks. Um, for example, I had a situation where somebody called in a bomb threat uh, at the, or a, a shooting threat at the school. They didn't mm-hmm. call it in, but they did something. And a kid that I was working with got picked up for it immediately because of a snap he made. Mm-hmm. Upon researching the FBI determined that my kid wasn't the one that made the threat, but because the school had already chosen him and told all the parents that they got the kid, they kept my kid to the parents looking like he was the one who did it. These are the kind of decisions that principals make in the school system. What? I I mean, you can't tell me what school it was, but
1: because I remember a a situation where I had a kid. That text
0: message came to everybody in Birmingham.
1: But the kids were also re-snapping it to each other. Was it wasn't just- Oh, yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, the kids were snapping it around, too. And but so- and it, a, was, it was just an oddly
0: placed lyric mm-hmm. in an empty hallway in the school. Yeah. You know, he just took a lyric and put it in there.
1: And but so- But the kids didn't know neither. They were sending it, like, it spread. The principal of the school might have sent something out to the parents. The kids were doing that as well through snap. So even if the principal hadn't done that, the kids were concerned and sending it around and telling their parents about well, it. Well, no, no,
0: no. I ain't talking about the. I ain't talking about the all of the, um, excitement that came from just that snap, but mm-hmm. the fact that they weren't willing as a school system to say that my kid didn't do this, because if they said, oh, we got the wrong person parents was going to take their kids out of school the next day again because when this message went out oh, to everybody yeah. they all took their kids out they wouldn't bring their kids back to school mm-hmm. until they said we got
1: somebody God, they school shooting never and you know happened.
0: what <laughs> whoever did it got away with it they yeah. still sent in the school thinking about doing whatever they was going to do mm-hmm. but those are the kind of decisions that principal makes so you, you got to excuse me because I stopped Going to principals at schools. Mm -hmm. I used to go to principals at schools, introduce myself, and they used to put me through the ringer of bullshit just because they could do it. And I don't, so principals, they, their intentions to me ain't always the greatest. They intentions, like to me, this, she just a subjective person who look at people who come in dressed like that a certain type of way and that to me that's not how you implement rules the way you implement rules is you get consensus about this thing you uh go to different principals and schools about this thing or you go to the board of education about this thing and you roll this all out at one time i'm just not a fan of lone individuals who ain't done no research who don't know how this is going to impact the system who don't know what effect this is going to have on the kids say this is why we're doing it we're going to do it and this is just what it's going to be that i mean this is the same thing that the government does when it change rules that's going to impact the population without knowing what that impact is going to be and yes all of these parents should know better all of these parents probably do know better and they may just be lazy but it just takes some more education the way that this is fixed ain't going to be found in making these parents not where they bind it if we're doing this for the kids then it's more strong ways to implement stuff like this in the community you know, and if that don't work, I'm still not willing to risk how many parents that it ices out of the situation just to say, well, the rules is easy for them to follow. They should just follow it. I and mean, that's the same shit the government doing with uh, voter ID shit. You know, well, everybody should have an ID. Just go in and get one. But the reality is motherfuckers don't have rides. Motherfuckers who is black who live in Shelby who don't have no idea It's for a long way to get to the next satellite agency i just don't like wide sweeping changes that impact a group of people and that might just be my you know paranoia against the government and systems telling you what you're going to do especially when it's arbitrary to me and don't make no sense outside of our currently existing taboos so that's the i mean that's my perspective it's mo is so many more ways to figure this situation out than just this knee-jerk response and if everybody if by next year everybody get on board with this I'm going to say, okay, so it's been that big of an issue that the rules had to change for it. You know, which to me means research was done to show that everybody across the board had this issue. If it had been an issue for the last 25 years that was big enough to deal with, I don't know why we all jumping on the bandwagon of in 2019, this first time it being that issue, because that shit ain't been... It's always been an issue to me. (laughs) Last thing I'm going to address about uh, Cole Jackson's uh, sound bite. appreciate you for sending that in, is that The way these problems get fixed is your ass get roasted. And you go home to your mama and you say, Mama, why you had that bonnet on at school? Or Mama, why you come to school like that? And the boys gonna be talking about your ass. Now, clearly, you won't say that as a kid
1: but they, to they, your mama. You think they're going to stop the parent and be like, you know what? I didn't realize you were going to get roasted for that. Let me not dress that way. That I moment. don't Those know. Maybe, don't the kid, maybe the kid kid,
0: be better and don't get into no shit where the parent got to come to school. I don't remember. The a parent si- going to get into a
1: fight. I, I mean, the kid
0: re- going to get into a fight. I don't remember a single time in K-12 through that my mama came to the school My mom me. came up.
1: So, my mom came up, but it was usually for... I wasn't in trouble. Like, I was involved in a lot of like academic shit or like awards days or like she came up to the school for different stuff. My at one point, not for me. My brothers, my older brother, she was a um what do they I don't even know if they do this anymore, but they used to have parents that be at the school all day that like help teach teachers' they knew teacher's, in County. teacher's aid, yeah. Yeah. She was a teacher's aide. So like, you know, and people, my all of my friends know my mom, have seen my mom. A C Blow. AC blow mom wasn't even dressing crazy, but he had (laughs) he had his male friends be talking about, "Man, your mama fine," (laughs) and he used to get into it with his friends about this shit all the time. This wasn't even at school. This was like outside. Fine, mama. (laughs) That's what happens. (laughs) What you want? You can't help that. You ain't got nothing to do with your mama look
0: like. (laughs) Some mamas look like a mama, and some mamas look like a model,
1: (laughs) and that's rare that your mama look like a model, but. Gift and a curse. They was, bro, he was constantly having to get into it. He was like, that's my mama, man. Stop talking about mama.
0: I remember. I remember the kids at our school who have fine mamas. <laughs> I'm like, I'm glad my mama ain't fine. <laughs> I mean, she ain't ugly. She's just a mama. <laughs> yeah,
1: she just looked like a mom. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I wonder, like, I don't know if I'm going to be a mom, mom. I'll probably be a mom mama i mean, so I don't think none of my kids' friends gonna be like, your mama fine. I think they gonna be like, your mama mean.
0: Maybe.
1: <laughs> I think it'll be that more so than like, your mama fine, man. I just don't think that'll be the case. I think I'm gonna be a mama mama I don't know. Kids gonna,
0: kids gonna mess with you anyway, man. <laughs> they, they are, If bro. they know your mama' name, <laughs> it's a wrap. <laughs> they gonna be on the weight bench like, hey, Mr. On Point, this Amy. And just start thrusting. <laughs>
1: like, shut up, shut up. No, it ain't. I'm a bitch. <laughs> kids,
0: kids gonna be tripping anyway.
1: Kids, the asshole. they pick picking you by yeah. anything, bro. Like, oh my god. We what don't kill you make you stronger. I got picked. that We had we poor. Oh well. <laughs> On point with me too. By are we done with? Because yeah, we done. All part would be to my parents' house and he got to see how good in country. Country as hell.
0: <laughs> I mean, I go to the country for work. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But the most I would ever passed by is two cotton fields. <laughs> we passed by about five cotton
1: fields <laughs> to get to where she lives. It's a cow pasture across the street from a parent. like literally you no, could you like can go. You can see cows
0: from the porch.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like cows, you can see them just eating.
0: And I'm like, what the fuck do cows think about? Uh eating grass, probably. No, they eat grass. But you they think, think about eating, like, I'm gonna go eat this grass over here. Yeah, I'm gonna go to this patch. This <laughs> oh shit, this is a good ass patch. Damn. Oh damn. I ain't never been to this patch.
1: Exactly, is that I wonder how their memory is. I wonder if do they like know. remember shit. Patches of grass. Like, let me go back over there. because I went over there yesterday. <laughs> I don't know. But they this is less country. If you could believe it then what we where I grew up my parents moved to this house that we went to when I graduated college so i I never lived in that house house that I lived in neighborhood I lived in even more country like ain't shit for like it's trees like there's nothing it's literally in the middle of nowhere so like we had a lot of hand me down a lot of like you know uh I got my cousin's hand me down clothes and so I had this pair of green nikes that I got from her. And I was so excited because they were like the coolest, nicest shoes I had. So I wore them. Green Nikes don't go with everything. <laughs> so I would have girls be like, you wear them shoes all the time. They don't even match. All you wear is them Like, bitch, let me live and wear my tennis shoes and be happy. I'm minding my business. Leave me alone. I don't need you to tell me what shoes are. Why you looking at my feet every day? <laughs> so kids don't pick at you about anything. They don't give a fuck. They really don't. But if you have a question you would like for us to answer on the show, you can send it to our Gmail account, which is conversationconartist at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook, Conversation car Artists, and send it to us that way. Um, let me let me just wrap up my thoughts real quick about that whole situation. Okay.
0: Um, I agree with everybody about the appropriateness of what you're supposed to wear. Mm-hmm. I'm not disputing that, you know, the appropriateness of it. And if that were but to become a rule, I believe that there are processes by which that become a rule. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with those processes happening in which things become rules. I'm okay with that. I'm just not okay with lone people's own opinion being what determines how these mass rules get implemented. You know, And maybe if she asked everybody in the school how they felt about it and they agreed, then maybe that's one thing. But I don't feel like a principal did that. I feel like this principal sat in her office, wrote this rule, threw it out to everybody, and, and went about it. And I just don't support making rules just to make them if we not put some education behind it. You know, with mental health, we have to educate clients about mental health and about their life and about how to overcome shit mm-hmm. in order to be put in the best position to make that change in their life. We're not putting these parents in the best position to make the change in their life nor are we putting these parents in the best uh, situation to educate their children about professionalism they saying that this change is for the kids so that we can set a good example for them but what better example to set than to find a way to educate those parents about how to do that
1: i just don't know how that would be how I you would do that this, to like, get them to participate in something that they are not going to deem important because they don't
0: see it as important already so like maybe but without research we don't even know i mean this could be wrapped up in some kind of other community initiative it's so many different things you could do to provide that education now either that principal wants one or two things she either wants all of this group of people educated about how to be better examples for their kids or she just don't want her school to look ghetto i just need to know what path that is right now you're assuming that it's the ghetto path i know i'm telling you it ain't no other path to education been put out there the only thing is that i don't want this stuff at my school that's all we have that's all we have if this was with an initiative i wouldn't even have this dialogue if this was with some kind of community outreach i wouldn't even have this dialogue i just want to know that we're trying to do more from the bigger picture instead of from this little zoomed in ass bit where they just stepped into the office
1: that's i just need my an example of what that would be do what the education factor what that would look like where you would actually elicit parents being willing who already pissed that they got to come to the meeting at the school for an actual iep to go voluntarily to something that for them already has no benefit. Like, I already don't see the point in why I gotta dress a certain way anyway. Now you want me to come out could, of my time. She could and cannot change this down. rule
0: and she could when a parent came dressed inappropriately, she can sit them down in the office for twenty five minutes and talk to them and hand them a bunch of documentation. That way the next time they come to the school, she can have that speech with them again. Until they be like, I'm not finna have that conversation with her no more. Let me take off this.
1: Or, or let, let me, me not that. go up to the school so I ain't gotta deal with her shit. I don't know why you wouldn't think they would still not choose to go. What you mean? You're saying that if she beats them with education or information that instead of them choosing not to go like what you're saying they're going to do with the rule, they would then choose to change clothes and go up there without that on.
0: What I'm saying is we don't know what they're going to do. We don't know what they're going to do. I'm not saying I know what they're going to do. I'm saying that at least in this way, they will have had some education about it rather than just being pushed out the door because You know, you need to know about it yourself. You supposed to know about this anyway. Like this route assumes that the parent know already what they supposed to know. They just being resistant and ain't doing it for the hell of it. But it's a group of people who don't fucking know and need some reinforcement. And that's just what I'm saying. It's just too big of a system to be making little rules like this because they feel a certain type of way. Even if I agree with it, even if I agree with that way. It's certain ways you go about that shit. But that's it.
1: So, we talked about Beyonce. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift um, performed at the Billboard Music Awards. Mm -hmm. And Taylor Swift was dressed in an outfit that could be like a a drum major kind of thing. She had I think the University of Ohio band and drums and the trumpets and all of this, like in homecoming, and people were upset <laughs> because they felt like she was by like Then you got people that was like, "Beyonce ain't the only person that had a band before. Beyonce ain't the only person who that had drums before." On the true, but this was so close to this thing coming out on Netflix and people talking about it and it being everywhere and then you come to the Billboard Awards and do something that's just so fucking similar. It just, who, I kept seeing people talk about like how it was like the mayonnaise version of like, they were like, I, first of all, let me say I'm not a Taylor Swift fan. And it's not even necessarily because I don't like her music. I don't, Taylor Swift has always gotten on my nerve because she's always been, her personality just seems fake to me. Like, you know, after she won her 25th Grammy, she still was like, oh my God, me? You guys voted for me? Like, I just, she irritates me and irritates my soul. Not really that big of a fan of her music. There's like one or two songs that I was like, all right, Taylor. This song that she did on the Billboard Music Awards was not that song, though. That me song, that song is the most bubblegum, poppy, Annoying shit, and I'm so disappointed in Brandon Urey from Um Panic at the Disco. Why is he, I know you're gonna say it's because it's Taylor Swift and he got that check. I get it, but like, ah, oh, I just was so disappointed to hear him because I'm such a fan of Panic at the Disco. And I just didn't want to see him on this bubblegum pop ass, and the video is all—it's uh, just too much. She's good. He's good at what he do, man. Yeah, I guess. Why not?
0: I don't know. Why not get on the song? Uh, Why not get on the track? Brandon Yuri, he can do what he want to do. He can't do and what he want to do. <sighs> she's the white Beyonce to white people.
1: Yeah, okay. I'm glad you. Fixed it you know what I'm saying? People. Like
0: she's just she's she's on that level over on the other side, you know. And and she steals stuff. I mean, <laughs> damn. <laughs> I don't think we have to debate about how close to the devil Taylor Swift is. <laughs> you know. You don't like her. We all heard the phone call she had with Kanye West. uh we did. Where she was like, "Yeah, that's cool. Say that about me. You can say you're gonna have sex with me in your song. You're a rapper. Rappers do that all the time. It's endearing."
1: And then I can't believe he would say that. And then when he did It it so much, and I just don't understand why he continuously picks on me. Oh my god!
0: And you know what? Kanye wasn't even gonna release the call. Yeah. Kanye was gonna take the heat him release the phone call. Because she, she, she like, said i sit this. <laughs> I ain't here for this. You know? So, <sighs> Kanye got a point for that. Even though he's in debt so many oh, points. Oh, he's in debt a lot of I, oh, he's accumulated so much more debt since that situation oh, too. Oh, <laughs> my God. That was before the Trump meeting. Yes. That was before the mental illness stuff. Yeah. That was before, uh, even though I think he been mentally ill for some time. Yeah. That was before he publicized. It is, you know, before yeah. all of that, but I don't think we, like, Taylor Swift is not, not don't seem to be a great person.
1: No. You know, so it don't surprise me. What did you say about the spices? Because I don't know if you forgot about the spices.
0: Man, listen. <laughs> listen. I be trying not to be coming off as like a overt racist <laughs> when it comes to white people, you know what so I'm saying? Funny. But it's like, <laughs> It's a fact that white America has stolen shit from everybody. Yes. Period. Yeah. That's how it is. Yeah. That just that's just how it is. Concepts.
1: They come to your ideas. house, steal
0: all your shit, steal all your receipts. Yes. And be like, we bought this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's what happens. They they stole all the seasonings just to keep them and have them. <laughs> they didn't want nobody else to have them. They don't use them enough. <laughs> because Is white that? people have seasoned mouths <laughs> and it's just no way to know because we can't eat through their mouth it gotta be a reason <laughs> did you see the video clip of Oprah and yes. this white lady with the award winning oh chicken recipe Oprah and Oprah ate so- was like did you put any seasoning on this shit <laughs> I mean she, didn't, she said it in a friendly she Oprah TV friendly like- manner
1: but her eyes said you ain't put no seasoning on this damn shit <laughs> How is it award winning? It was that was what was crazy to me. Not only you on the open show presenting this chicken, this is supposed to be award winning chicken. You go on a black person's show and give them chicken. With no seasoning on it, or she, what is she? And I think she was like, "I put a little salt, little pepper." <laughs> that was it. I think that to me, I think that needs to be research done. <laughs> I keep saying silly <laughs> shit like season
0: miles, but we need to figure out the susceptibility of our taste buds to different seasonings based on race and culture and ethnic background. <laughs> we really do. It's a reason that black folks got high cholesterol <laughs> and white folks don't. It's because it's something about their mouth that don't need the seasoning that we need. Somebody need to do some How research you on eat this bland shit. Bland food. It's nasty. But I don't it's not bland you if it? your mouth is seasoned. <laughs> if your mouth <laughs> I keep saying it like that, what I say, if your taste buds are less susceptible to external seasonings, <laughs> but the internal <laughs> flavoring of the meat is more emphasized in your mouth, <laughs> it would make sense.
1: I guess.
0: I, I think it's something to this man i need to go i'm gonna go do some research <laughs> about our mouths and taste buds
1: i saw a meme that said even thados was seasoning
0: the food off of oh the my Avengers. god
1: that was so funny he was when they came in he was making breakfast that man was seasoning that food he put his <laughs> hand in the whole of seasoning bucket and was sprinkling
0: it in whatever it he was, was cooking. he was salt bay and whatever he was cooking yeah bro you know how mad i would be if I was in there cooking a good old meal, smelling good, it's almost done, it's <laughs> a group of cats just come in and just start beating me up and just <laughs> rob me, knock my food up, boy, they better kill me after that. Anyway, uh, oh. you know, I, like I, I ain't trying to sound like a racist, but some of the some of those things I said are just rooted in fact.
1: Yeah, he said the seasoning shit yesterday and it took me all the way out. I was like, yeah, well, we it was, we were talking about Taylor Swift and he said, they took seasoning, don't even use it. <laughs> so, what, uh, what do you expect out of Taylor Swift for real? I
0: mean, I feel like Taylor Swift, as soon as she saw that Beyonce shit, she called all of her thinking heads into a room and said, get this shit done immediately. Find a white ass band, get some uniforms, and let's get some cameras backstage. And let's do this.
2: That's it what was she won't surprise me then. if
0: everything something happened. She say, stealing it, <laughs> stealing it. Operation Columbus activate. <laughs> 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 she called her producer, be like, activation Columbus, Beyonce Homecoming. <laughs> We're on it, Swift. It was just,
1: you know. And I'm not saying it because well, if it, on its own, if she had just done this and Homecoming had not just come out, it'd have been a cute, you know, whatever. But when you have the comparison, <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's just bad. It's just real bad. It was sad. And like I said, I love Brandon Yuree. You know, I'm a fan. Um, You're still a fan of Brandon. I'm Urie. still a fan of his. I'm not gonna not be a fan of his because he did this fuck ass me song, but. Yeah, man. I don't know. I
0: went to uh, I went to Panic at the Disco concert when they came to Birmingham. They are amazing. It was a great concert. He
1: has such a good voice. Like he's just talented. He can. Uh, he can. He oh, can band. Really sing. I mean, he get. He's a, all lead singers always get the most attention in a band. And it's about the performance too. Yeah. You know, it's not like it's not. He could really sing
0: with all the movement and everything they were doing. Like you say, the difference between singers and entertainers yep. is stark when you see a good entertainer. You be like, damn! That's what singing is? Moving and singing
1: is difficult. Like, it is hard to keep, it, which is why a lot of people don't do that shit. They don't dance around a lot and sing because it takes your breath and it makes it harder to keep up and and hit the notes the way that you need to. But actual entertainers do that shit. Brandon Urey does that shit. Beyonce does that shit. I guess Taylor did it. I couldn't... I hate that song. Like... And, like, apparently a lot of her fans hate the fucking song, too. Like, even people who like her were like, really, Taylor, this is what we're doing. Like, it's just this really bubblegum poppy song, and she's, like, 30. Like, come on, Taylor. Just stop already. Sing about something else.
0: I'll let Taylor do what she wanted. to do.
1: I mean, Taylor going to do what she wants to do, because that's what she can even do if in America. It's stolen. She going to continue.
0: It'll she catch up
1: with shit. her one day. Well, maybe. Not yet. I but yeah, so. people was it, and and it's Beyonce. If you gonna bite something, Beyonce does black, white. It don't matter who you are. Her her fans are rabbits, so <laughs> they gonna come and get your ass anyway. It could have not been Taylor. It could have been whoever. It could have been Cardi B doing some shit that was similar. Like niggas would have still had something to say because it was Beyonce. So it isn't solely just because Taylor did this and it was very obvious that it was from Beyonce. It's also because it was Beyonce and it's like bitch, how dare you. <laughs> Beyonce so yeah um Facebook you use Facebook
0: yeah I I like Facebook I
1: use the messenger because our group chat but like the app itself not really Larelle
0: used to fool with Facebook until she got a job which her job was to go down the Facebook feed and rate different posts and stuff
1: after that Facebook was dead to yeah, her yeah it was cause it was so tedious that it was like I made a lot of money doing that job but Jesus <laughs> yeah that is when I stopped fucking with Facebook yeah. it, it was Facebook has banned a whole bunch
0: of people Verica. they banned Alex Jones Milo Yiannopoulos Laura Loomer don't know who those people I, are. well I don't know who Laura Mil- Loomer is. I was finna say
1: I know my, ain't Milo Paul the, Nellin Milo is the AIDS dude isn't he Not eight HIV medicine. Is he the one that? Mm -mm. Who was that? Who who made the medicine unreachable for people because he made it so expensive?
0: Oh, the dude who bought the Wu Tang Wu Tang Clan. Yes, I don't remember his name. name. Who
1: is Milo? I I know the name. Milo Yiannopoulos
0: is just a far right um, propaganda spreader. Okay. And he's gay, and he's married to a black man, oh, and so he kind of try to use that to justify what he believes right tolerance is when I'm it's not, racist, not really.
1: I have a black husband.
0: Yeah, he. <laughs> right. that, exactly that. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm I'm a I'm on the right, and I'm gay, and I have a black husband, so my party is not racist or anti LGBT. Okay. Um, Paul Joseph Watson, all of these people, but the most notable one. Faircon. In the black community, it's Farrakhan. Uh, and I don't know if y'all know why Farrakhan has been uh, kicked off of Facebook. Clearly, the other ones. So let's just go into policy. Facebook has claimed to always been somebody that's banned individuals and or organizations that promote or engage in violence or hate. Okay. Um, But how come these people have existed on your platform for so long? Exactly. Doing this thing for so long? Exactly. And <laughs> just now is when you're deciding to. You know, address it. Yeah, because
1: they've been saying this shit. Like, yeah, which means, <laughs>
0: how how can that mean that you've been mm-hmm. you know, banning individuals? Mm-hmm. Uh, you just don't ban individuals that is, that is very, very popular. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I don't know if you know, y'all know you know what Farrakhan the issue with them with Farrakhan but if you look up Farrakhan and anti-Semitism, he speak real greasy about Jewish people.
1: Which is terrible. Like,
0: ridiculously so. And that's what made that. I, I'm i no longer like a Farrakhan supporter Yeah, myself.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because if you support anybody's oppression then you should support nobody's oppression. How does he dislike I, Jewish know, people so much? Because I don't know what I really think because the nation is of Islam is rooted in, this is what my theory, because I don't know if you know what's going on between Israel and Palestine. A little bit. So there is a, uh, this is probably going to go for a while. This is a thing called <laughs> Zionism in, uh, in Germany amongst Jewish people. This was before the Holocaust. The idea that uh, the idea that a a Jewish person or Jewish, the Jewish faith is a faith and a nationality. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that prompted the Jewish community to say, we need a nation. If, if we've decided or text has indicated that we are a faith and a nationality, we need a nation tied to that. So as the Holocaust was going on and people were leaving the Holocaust, fleeing and afterwards they settled in what is currently now Palestine, Mhm right uh and this place is called Palestine but and Palestinians have been living there so a bunch of Jewish people come and just stay there and the palestinians like okay cool more Jewish people come and the palestinians like okay what's going on more Jewish people come and, and, and okay so what's happening so they essentially move to take over Palestine and call this our nation now it's a well known fact that the Jewish community has strong roots in the financial avenues
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, in and, our and just in, across the world. A big part of that is because a lot of Jewish people could not participate in market and um, and open societal and, um, marketplace exchanges mm-hmm. because at that point in history they were really criticized. So a big part of that is that they were accountants for people that had businesses Mm -hmm. doing background financial work so they're backing because of that history because of that exclusion that they had they just found a niche and they dived in it real hard Mm -hmm. now where I'm going to get back to the Israel Palestine where the issue comes at with Farrakhan is that because of that is there's this notion that Jewish people have used money to take over and run the world. All kind of systems. They throw money into it. They do everything, and and they're greedy. And all they want is money. And they don't care about people or friendships or anything mm-hmm. because money is what they after. And this is a stereotype of the Jewish people. Like it that's is. that's the black people are lazy, lazy version of of Jewish people. Mm-hmm. They greedy. Yeah.
1: And so they don't tip. Yeah.
0: So now for me, that makes it really. It that that rhetoric makes it hard to even acknowledge the actual accomplishments of the Jewish community in the finance and wealth area. Eighty five percent, I might be off on that number of Hollywood is Jewish. It's a large portion of Mm -hmm. that, you know, and what my brother told me, he said, do you know how much of the world is Jewish? He said, like, less than one percent of the world is Jewish. But they represent a lot of financial markets very high Mm -hmm. Uh, for the sake of um, research. Don't quote me on these numbers. Just know what I'm trying to represent in the stark differences between these these numbers. Um, But. Jewish people kept moving into Palestine and. A war happened because at a certain point, Palestine was like, nah, y'all can't, y'all can't just move in here. Mm -hmm. And the Jewish, the Jewish, they won. They won the war and they took over. And they was like, okay, this is ours. Uh, Clearly, Palestinians are angry about that, but Mm -hmm. they got pushed out to other areas. Uh, It happened again. You know, Palestine tried to come in get their little area back. Another war happened. They lost and got pushed out again. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, now, we're talking about a community that, you know, is, is very financially structured. So whatever I imagine, whatever they need to do to to acquire what they need to to be to win, they, they would. And. Um, the last war that happened pushed them out to areas that extended Palestine. So we started getting into Britain territory. So Britain said, y'all got to fix this shit because y'all can come over where our stuff is. Mm-hmm. And so they came up with an agreement to where. Uh, Palestine would be in uh, so after that last war um, the Jewish side took over everything right you with me Mm -hmm. the Jewish side took over everything after the British got involved they came up with an agreement for Palestinians to be able to uh, live on the Gaza Bank and uh, the West Strip wait the Gaza Strip and the West Bank Mm -hmm. these two areas y'all can stay in the problem is the Jewish forces never left those areas that they said the Palestinians can stay in. Mm-hmm. So the Palestinians in those areas don't have their own governments. They're essentially living in the Jim so- Jim Crow South there. Mm-hmm. They are they are oppressed, subjugated. They can't move in the way that uh, uh Israel's Israelites, I don't know if it's Israelites. The Israel citizens move, they can't do any of the same stuff. Mm-hmm. And so that's what like Mark Lamont Hill, he got fired from CNN for talking about Palestinians Mm -hmm. and their oppression. Uh, Palestinians were some of the first people who had Black Lives Matter signs up, you know, to support the oppression of black people over there. Angela Davis, when she came here in Birmingham, she got her uh, award that the uh, the, uh, Civil Rights Museum was going to give her Mm -hmm. revoked because of her support for Palestine. And so this is what's going on currently right now. Now, a bigger problem with Palestine is that Palestine had a hostile government take over and that's that's Hamas. Hamas is a horrible group that said, we just want every Jewish person dead. And so they are the people that's representing Palestinians right now. Mm -hmm. So that's why America is like, you know, fuck Palestine. Israel is the way to go. Mm -hmm. Uh, but that's not a representation of what the Palestinian people want, uh, And so instead of looking at the people and saying, how can we help the people? They're looking at the group that represents the people and not Mm -hmm. helping. Uh, To me, I think Farrakhan's issue with Jewish people is rooted in the treatment of Muslim people to me. I think it got something to do with that. I think it's just pushback to that because I don't know what Jewish people did other than that. That he could be. look at as, as negative. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that I don't know if y'all know about Farrakhan or and the Nation of Islam, but it is very, very strangely tied to Scientology. And I really can't give you a lot of information on this. Um but uh go look that up. <laughs> go look up uh Nation of Islam and Scientology. They, they got some links that really make the Nation of Islam and Farrakhan stuff seem really weird to me. So when I started looking up how, you know, why he was anti-Semitic, I never got an answer to why. Mm-hmm. I just seen he was talking crazy and that led me to realizing that they connected to Scientology somehow. I don't it's weird. But a lot of people are up in arms about Farrakhan being removed from Facebook because when it comes to supporting the black community he got the best words for community for supporting the black community mm-hmm. i mean on the breakfast club yeah uh, on old tv shows like uh it wasn't ricky lake it was older than that it might have been sally jesse Raphael, mm-hmm. that old talk show he yeah. was on one of them shows where people in the audience was asking them questions like white people it was mm-hmm. like 25 years ago and he was roasting all of them and basically saying you know saying things I agree with as far as oppression in the black community and stuff we deal with. So, you know, my question in this dialogue becomes how, what do we do with people who are strong advocates for us, but not strong advocates for other groups that are oppressed? I mean, should we care? Like if, if I'm, if I'm with one of my homeboys, And if I'm with three of my homeboys and them two don't like each other and one slapped the other one, like what I'm supposed to do? Like he don't do shit to me. He actually like let me borrow money sometimes. You know what I'm saying? We cool. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like that's what makes it difficult for me to know how we supposed to deal with people like that. Because he's an advocate for the black community. Mm-hmm. But at this point, I can't post. If I wanted to post a, a clip of it be a bad idea for me. Mm-hmm. Because I'm anti-Semitic now. <laughs> because I support somebody that has some very problematic views of, of, of the Jewish community. Mm-hmm. But he really caters to a dialogue that supports my blackness. I don't know. But I just wanted to bring that story up to to really talk about because Snoop Dogg talked about boycotting Facebook because they put Farrakhan off. You know, so a part of me is like, I know it's a large group of people out here who don't really care about those other communities because, you know, what he's doing for my community is valuable, but that just don't fit in my definition of social justice. Um you got to be a supporter of everybody and their potential oppression versus, you know, your own. Um, but I guess from the perspective of Farrakhan, Jewish people ain't oppressed because he thinks that they run the world and that they've put all their money into to running system. So. But um, the Jewish community just happened to have thrived out of their oppression. And maybe we can thrive out of our oppression at some point.
1: Yeah.
0: <coughs> If any of that is incorrect, y'all let me know. I know I was really vague on the Israel and Palestine conflict, but it really kind of developed where Palestine got pushed out until rules were made up. And then they still they kind of oppressed right now in that
1: environment. So have you seen that people are boycotting Uber? No, people are boycotting Uber. What did Uber do? so this i'm gonna tell you what was said that uber did and i'm gonna tell you what actually happened so somebody tweeted out uh, to uber support i had an awful driver today i want my money back please respond so we can work this out uber support now this is through twitter uber support responded and said we're so sorry about that nigger Please send us a DM with your phone number with additional details of your concerns so we can correct or so we can connect. Hard, <laughs> hard ER. So people was like, What? Blackout Uber? We're not supporting Uber. Here's the thing okay. So. There is a group of people that troll companies and the way that they do this is if you right now if I were to send a message to Wendy's or if I was to send a message to Lyft or most of them when you tweet to them about a service they have an automated thing that pulls your name right and so With this, anybody would have, you know, if you had sent that about having a bad driver, it would have said, we're so sorry about that on point. You know what I'm saying? Like, it would have been the exact same, (coughs) excuse me. It would have been the exact same message. (coughs) My allergies. (laughs) But it would have imported your name, whatever name was in your tweet. Now the problem is that there are a group of trolls that what they do is they create they'll create a, an account with something in it like their first name being nigger and then they'll tweet out to these companies like what they did and the company will respond pull that name now people are up and on and the person goes back in and changes their twitter twitter handle So now it just looks like you just called this person a nigga for no reason and that there's no context to it. Because what the person did is they changed their name to Dick at the real at the Chaney at no at real the Chaney like Dick Chaney. So they changed it from whatever had nigga in it to this. So it seems like they just randomly called somebody a nigga for no reason. So people are boycotting Uber because of that. Uber released an apology. We'd like to sincerely apologize for the offensive tweet that was sent earlier. We're investigating what happened to make sure it doesn't happen again. Now, people are saying, oh, how convenient that this is what, but this is something that apparently is known that happens. Like there are a lot of trolls that do this, that'll create a Twitter profile with something offensive in the name, contact the company. When that company responds using that offensive name, they change their Twitter, their Twitter, Twitter, Handle, and so then it just seems like they just called them something offensive for no goddamn reason at all. um, so yeah, I didn't know, like people had too much time on their hands. I ain't got time to be trolling companies and shit like for real, like you hey, would like apologize or something, yeah, we like to say, you hear me right there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We'd like to sincerely apologize for the offensive tweet that was sent earlier. We're investigating what happened to make sure it doesn't happen again. Okay. They did. They need
0: to do something about their algorithm for uh, name selection. Yeah. Like,
1: you shouldn't be able to put
0: two Gs. What name you know got two Gs next to it? <laughs> ain't, number, ain't number one word that got two Gs next to it. That <laughs> You don't need to be put nowhere. (laughs) And if you got Trigger in your name, then you just too childish.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't think of a name that has two Gs in it. Ain't no names. Like, it's some words with two Gs in it. But, like,
0: you can do without those Yeah, You know, like, like Xbox Live won't even let you put ads next to each other, even (laughs) if it's in the middle of a word. (laughs) You know, I was trying to, I was like, why can't I... And I removed the S and was like, this stupid algorithm. (laughs) Like, if your name got ass in it, then. And then the next word has an S. Yeah, like, you can't even be King Grass (laughs) if you wanted to. You know what I'm saying? Like, because the algorithm they got is trying to make sure that you can't put any kind of Offensive. offensive
1: dialogue next to each other yeah uber gonna have to fix. i'm sure they're gonna fix it after they this, definitely but. gonna
0: fix it they talking about blacking out uber come on man i mean that's still just one person that did that even if somebody did it on purpose because
1: there are people that don't believe the whole thing they're like oh that's convenient of course they would say that but it's like that's real elaborate <laughs> you got to know how
0: them <laughs> systems work like that person could have found a much easier way to be racist instead of doing it in the context of a nice letter. Yeah, i like am be whole racist thing. and nice to you. If you're going to be racist, We're so sorry if you're going to jeopardize your job, if you're an individual doing that, why are you going to be nice? Go all out with your
1: racism. Call him a coon too.
0: Add some more racial
1: epithets to that. We're so sorry, nigga. Please send us a DM with your phone number and additional details. Exactly. Like, come on, man. The if y'all...
0: <laughs> this is another one of those situations where, you know, did you know that with math, people who, like, teach math and a high-level math, they can't remember a time in which they didn't know math? Mm-hmm. And a lot of them have big trouble with teaching basic math to people when they have to teach basic math? Yeah. You I know, believe that. It. It's one of those things mm-hmm. where my knowledge of computers is not... Calculating for me that there's people that don't understand automatic responses in yeah. bots. box. I think there are people... It, it, it's starting to look like there are people out here that when you send an email... Or when you hit submit to I forgot your password Mm -hmm. and an email pop up that says reset your password, they think somebody on the other (laughs) side got that email (laughs) and just sent it back to you promptly. It's like they don't know that there are automatic bots that send you these things back automatically. It's an automated process that happens. You don't, like a a human, don't have to be there for this stuff. Yeah. You know, they send you a a response to make you feel like you're getting a, a, a quick reply.
1: That's but why it don't a work lot like of the, if you look at the bottom of emails that you get like that, it'll say, do not reply. There's nobody at this address. This was an automated reply. Exactly.
0: <laughs> it's starting to make me think that there's, are there people who don't know that these are bots? <laughs> do they really think that there's just people on the other side? Responding to every tweet that these responding companies get. And not only responding, but being a weird combination of pleasant <laughs> and racist. <laughs>
1: I guess so. Because people was upset
0: about it. I mean, that's it. people who be playing in the races all the time. Like this old white lady. I heard her tell a black girl that was named Monique that uh, they have such pretty names. What? <laughs> yes.
1: I was like, damn,
0: this was a long time ago, though. This is when I was- They busy.
1: have. So who the fuck is they? I know who they is. But, yeah. But. The blacks. <laughs> They have such pretty names, oh' That's such That's so pretty so much
0: prettier than Geraldine and <laughs> Carolyn oh people man they have such horrible names,
1: <laughs> Jesus but yeah so if you've been somebody that decided to black out uber you know you might want to look into that a little bit further (laughs) and see what actually fucking happened because it wasn't like when i looked at the email i was like before i even read about the bots and all of that i was like that is super nice for a racist (laughs) like the only offensive thing in that tweet is like it wasn't like uh, it was probably you, nigga. You probably was the unpleasant. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was nothing like that. It was just, that didn't make sense to me. So then when I went and looked, I was like, okay, it was an automated response that just pulled the name from the user. And like I said, the, these people go back and change their username. So it looked like, again, it just looked like somebody just called Dick a nigga. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but his name wasn't Dick at the time that he sent the original um, tweet. So, you know, just make sure before you start boycotting shit, you got all the, that you know why you're boycotting it and that you are making the decision based on what actually has occurred. I don't really give a fuck about Uber or any of them. I really have a dog in that fight, but like they didn't do anything in this instance.
0: (laughs) I've, I've come to a universal truth for myself that everybody Everybody ain't going to like. I realize that sometimes I'm just going to be a bad black person. (laughs) And sometimes I'm going to be a bad friend. And sometimes I'm going to be a bad ally. And sometimes I'm going to be a bad advocate. Sometimes I'm going to be a bad
1: therapist. I feel like I'm a bad advocate every time I go to. Chick-fil-A. I know how they feel about gay people but the chicken's amazing. Gay people go to Chick-fil-A. The gay people go to Chick-fil-A and feel like bad gay people but they still go. it's delicious. The chicken's delicious. You cannot go. You go to Cracker Barrel? <sighs> I saw that shit. I'm still gonna go sit and eat my breakfast and get my baked apples. We need to So I'm gonna up. be a bad black person. <laughs> we need then. to open up nigga tub. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> we need to get if they can have
0: Cracker Barrel we can have nigga tub. That okay. Is... <sighs> That's
1: I think we should try it. Cracker in that sense is not the racial slur, though. How do we know?
0: (laughs) How do we know? A barrel is something you fit things inside of. Crackers Crackers can go in there. Crackers are a, you know, flour based product, but (laughs) also. You think they just stuffing white people in barrels? I don't know, man. You know how many things be having their secondary meanings and stuff? (laughs) The only reason I'm skeptical about it is because white people wouldn't call themselves crackers. Yes. Unless they were trying to be really secretive and get away with doing something that we wouldn't think they would do. So we don't think they did it, even though they did it for the reason that they did it for. But because we don't believe it, we think that is is saltine crackers.
1: I'm still gonna eat my baked apples. They wanted a few places that serve baked apples. What do you want for me? And they're delicious. You and they're biscuits. You apples yourself. You can make I can't. I make baked. I've made baked apples before, but I like if I don't feel like making them, and I want to go somewhere and sit down and have them served to me. Cracker Barrel, and their biscuits are delicious, and they have apple butter. And not everybody has, like. Listen, I'm going. <laughs> it's just gonna happen. I'm gonna be a black, a bad black person and go and so
0: I'm not going to I'm not a protesting type mm-hmm. you know if I'm just I'm, I'm away what I look like being outside in the sun with a sign you know what I'm saying like that's not my thing I'm sorry I'm sorry that's not my thing I would talk about the injustice with my little black clients that I work with I will talk about it on my Facebook page i will talk about it on my Instagram videos and my podcast.
1: But I ain't going outside in no hot sun. That ain't my thing. So you better. You see. I, every time I see them people. I work at Homewood. And so. There's always a little guy. Is it for CC's? He be out there with that sign. Just. Just. Just, just in pain. I know. But my God. <laughs> it be hot as hell outside sometimes. But he don't just be standing there. He be moving. like The check that you get cut for social justice ain't the same. It ain't. Is zero
0: <laughs> you pay in feel goods yes that's about it An advocacy for your culture but you know that's a yeah. hard sale
1: it is a hard sale so if y'all were black if y'all were um, boycotting uber and you didn't know that information now nah, you know
0: and i'm not gonna take credit for things i don't use that i boycott or uh, that people are boycotting like, I don't watch NFL at all anyway. Yeah. So, I wouldn't take credit for an NFL boycott because I don't watch it. That's not a boycott. Yeah. That's just me continuing to not watch it.
1: To do life like you, you were know, doing it before. Same yeah. thing
0: for Uber. I don't use Uber. Mm-mm. I can't say I'm boycotting Uber. No. Because I still install the Uber app and go somewhere if I needed to. <laughs> if my water heater in my car bus right now, I'm installing the Uber app
1: mm-hmm.
0: and getting a ride. Because I needed at the time. Um, what I got? So many different things.
1: Where we at on time? I know you we have got fifteen to be. minutes. Okay.
0: Um, Should schools ban Dr. Seuss for being an N-word spewing racist? The books aren't though. I mean so that's the question we ask How much does An individual's person's thoughts And ideals outside Of their work matter If their work doesn't reflect those Negative
1: harmful things What do you think I mean I like Dr. Seuss and, like, I feel like sometimes some stuff ain't surprising. Like, people who grew up during certain eras, regardless of what kind of stuff they've made or done, like, it never surprises me <laughs> they, that there's some racist shit tie, tied to them because of when they were alive. <laughs> so, uh, but should it be
0: acceptable, though? I mean, I mean, we talked about the story last night with well, a
1: lady had a song called uh picking any heaven <laughs> yes and they stopped using her version exactly of, yeah. like i mean <laughs> the national is. anthem
0: that she sang don't have anything to do with the problematic thing she had so should we be okay with continuing to use that version of
1: the national anthem? Well, I feel like cuz she also made so it's in the same realm. Like she's there was a song that people were using but she has problematic songs as well. Unless Dr. Seuss Seuss Seuss. I always says Seuss, Seuss has books where he was like Look at the little pikinini too. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like I uh there are other options like I'm a Shel Silverstein girl. I have a lot of his books. He wrote poetry books, um, and they had like uh, the um, what am I animation? The is it? It's not animation. If it's just the um, illustration, illustrations are uh, similar to Dr. Seuss and Shel Silverstein was amazing. So I mean, there are. I guess you could just replace it with something but i don't know i don't like that doesn't make me that knowledge doesn't make me see a dr seuss book and be like it's just like it just i don't know i guess you have to everybody has to decide i think it's a case-by-case basis i don't think that there's a i don't know because like i said i feel like when i don't you don't know this i'm sure but whenever dr seuss was born was during a time that was racist as fuck. <laughs> so like, it's not surprising to me. It's surprising to me. Same thing with Disney. That, then they would be boycotting Disney movies. Disney was anti. Disney was terrible. The man. <laughs> you would have to not watch any of the Disney movies. I mean, it depends on how. It depends on how
0: much you isolate. There was racism in the Disney movie. Dumbo. Yeah, them crows. I know. I'm just saying it depends. <laughs> I mean, in that regard, it depends on how much you isolate the person's name from the actual work. Mm-hmm. Like, the stuff that he did specifically, mm-hmm. then, yeah, you can have a problem with that. But, like, Disney now ain't connected to Walt yeah. Disney outside of name. Yeah. Like, those are new people's ideas. So, I mean, it depends on how far you want to go back with that.
1: I don't know. Um, I feel like I would still read my kid a Dr. Seuss book. Because so, good for learning. the author, Brian
0: J. Jones, explored this, what the article says, explores a seedier side of the writer that explores Giesel's, which is uh, Dr. Seuss. His name is Theodore Giesel. His uh What? Racist... Nationality is Giesel? Don't know. Um, racist Jewish. and misogynistic cartoons that the cartoonist didn't seem to be afraid of. He got a book called Becoming Dr. Seuss. Theodore Giesel and the Making of an American Imagination. Um... Is a candid re examination of the author, beloved by millions, for his nonsense verse and vivid cartoons. Mm-hmm. It uh, looks at his cartoons that uh, mock black people who were depicted as monkey like and with big red lips. He spewed the n word like it was water and also apparently had disdain for women and often described them as insignificant and helpless. So these are like just old cartoons that he had, uh, okay, that he never said, Yeah, they was fucked up. He basically just
1: you know had them and then started Dr. Seuss and i don't know i would still probably read my kid a doctor because i feel like phonetically they're, they're good books they're good learning but like i just i don't know because i felt because it's like do you do you read it and then be like but listen dr zeus was a racist <laughs> dr seuss was a bad man this book like i don't know
0: like i don't think so i I think with kids you have to create the framework of them being able to come to that on their own Mm -hmm. i think you give them the definitions of all that stuff you give them the understanding of what good and bad is and let them come to their own determination of whether that is a good person or a bad person yeah because we all have different scales of how we're going to assess that and your kids are going to have a different scale than you too Yeah. Uh, a lot of parents think their kids is just gonna think like them one day, and that you can make your kids think the way you think. No, you cannot. The more you, matter of fact, the more you try to make your the kids further think the away way you from they're gonna get, the it. further they're gonna go. <laughs> they gonna shoot their shit gonna go far away from you. Mm-hmm. Your best bet is to teach them what you teach them, and then let them go free and give them your input whenever something happened that could impact how they think. If you are, are involved and in potent enough, parenting that child's life okay if you're a potent <laughs> enough parent in that child's life then they'll follow your instruction but they're not gonna do it if you force it upon them promise
1: you that didn't realize my phone <laughs> it was it was um she's calling me
0: right back <laughs> okay
1: okay um two quick links. uh john singleton passed away 51 he was I was hoping he was gonna pull through I really was but he passed away 51 is so young um I, I don't know how you wouldn't know who John Singleton is but if you've ever seen Boys in the Hood that he was the uh man behind Boys in the Hood so um rest in peace and you know blessings to his family and then Jim Cummings you know who Jim Cummings is? Mm-mm Jim Cummings is the voice actor who does Winnie the Pooh, and he's reportedly being accused of rape, animal abuse, and drug addiction. So this goes into <laughs> it go, it goes into the conversation. It does. <laughs> um, What's his name? Jim Cummings. <laughs> hmm. It's an unfortunate last name. Jim Cummings inside of them
0: childrens. <laughs> Jesus is it children that he was abusing or was, was is
1: rape, was rape rape animal abuse yeah. and drug addiction oh, coming inside of them animals jesus stop he could have just been abused he could have been raping women abusing animals and on drugs oh it was so it's not sexually because it would have been be- bestiality if that was the case that has is a that name a legal term? yeah bestiality oh okay um, Jim and his ex-wife Stephanie divorced in twenty eleven after ten years of marriage, and Stephanie is now coming forward. Look, this the thing. He was doing this shit and he was cool with it when he was mad. Now you mad. Okay. With multiple alleged incidents of abuse that she says happened after their marriage fell apart. According to the documents, uh, Stephanie says since her divorce from Jim, he has engaged in physical, sexual, and emotional abuse, including but not limited to death threats, death threats, rape, and various sexual Deviant behavior forced upon me without my consent. Uh, she highlighted multiple incidents in the document, including a domestic violence altercation that happened in front of their children. Um, so I, I don't, Jim. <laughs> it seemed like all of the voice actors that do like, you had Elmo, like all of those men, have like fucked up (laughs) shit going on behind the scenes like Jesus (laughs) why is that these are the most wholesome characters ever like I know that doesn't have anything to do with anything but it just is odd to me that like Elmo that there's a lot of voice actors that get caught up in some bullshit when they're doing voice overs for like really innocent (laughs) characters like, it ain't somebody, it's not like Bart Simpson or, you know what I'm saying? Or like, all of the, almost all the characters on Family Guy were done by Seth MacFarlane. But like, you was, the characters like that, you would be like, yeah, okay. But like, Winnie the Pooh, Elmo, my God, um, and he's 66 years old now. She claims that she, his wife, is saying that she's gonna ruin his celebrated career. Well, see, when you say things like that, that makes you less credible. Cause like, are you saying this just to like fuck him up, or is it because it happened? I'm going to tell people Winnie the Pooh is a woman-beating, drug-addicted freak. (laughs) Winnie the Pooh didn't do none of that. (laughs) What we know about
0: Winnie the Pooh is he kept the strap. (laughs) He kept that shotgun. He slept with a do-rag on, letting them waves cook. <laughs> and he fooled with the
1: honey. Not the honeys. The honey. She said he demanded sex from me in exchange for meeting his support obligations. You're going to pay me. I ain't giving you shit. The court said you got to give me this. What what I look like? <laughs> I'm going to just take you back to court. Oh. Uh, she claims she wound up getting the first of two restraining orders against him in 2011 after he allegedly slapped her butt in front of their then four-year-old daughter. I mean, husbands do that, don't they? Is that... Raunchy husbands. <laughs> That's that
0: old school affection. <laughs> it's that uh, the aesthetic affection, that uh, misogynistic affection that your body is mine. You know, like I can touch your body when i feel
1: like it that's
0: that old school (laughs) stuff
1: she said this is not funny but on another occasion she claims he said he was allowed to touch mommy's breast since he had paid for them i can touch her if i want to i paid for these he he, even if
0: he didn't pay for him he already felt like he could touch her body whenever he got ready you know a lot of men a lot of men quantify that idea just because they get married to a woman like Marriage is something that gives me free reign to your body. That's bullshit to
1: me. Oh, God. She said she escaped their situation in 2017 to Utah with their daughter. But when Jim came to stay so he could visit their kids, she woke up one night to find him standing over me with his erect penis in my hand. He put it in her hand. Yeah, while one of the girls was asleep beside her. (laughs) Stephanie also alleges Jim abused their family puppy once shattering its hip with a broom and on another occasion placing it inside a metal bucket outside of the house on a day which was over 100 degrees then left it there for a long time until it came close to dying. So he wasn't fucking the dog. He was beating it. <laughs> um, he acknowledged in court documents that he put the pooch in a tub as a form of discipline and then forgot it was there for a while. Jim! <laughs> <laughs> That is so fucking mean. What kind of discipline is that for a puppy to put him where he can't get out and just let him scream? Because they cry when they're puppies. That's so mean.
0: And this was just the person who voiced Winnie the Pooh. Mm-hmm. This wasn't the creator or he ain't had nothing to do with the other character. He just... He's a voice. Well, it's no surprise, man. You always get these people <laughs> who infiltrate <laughs> these systems he based on skills crazy. they got. He look a
1: little weird. <laughs> but I wonder if he did all that shit sounding like Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> I wonder. I, I hope not. That'd be fucked up. Oh, you No, that's Mickey. That's Mickey Mouse and Pillsbury Doughboy. Yes. Oh, I don't know how to do Winnie the Pooh's voice. but Me either. Why, that would be weird. I guess it could have. Like she woke up and she holding his penis
0: first thing he said was old bother (laughs) (laughs) she woke up (laughs) what was he what what was
1: the plan even I (laughs) i have no idea is that the rape uh no she she there's a lot she said that he forced himself on her on some occasions too
0: that's unfortunate. So for her, it to is. have to experience that in them kids. I don't know why she would escape and then invite him up there. <laughs> that's, I mean, I guess I understand because that's how abused women. That's how they uh, do. That's what happens. But you know, so still never understood it. Mm-mm. Uh. I, I watch Breakfast Club interviews, even though I barely like any of the people on the Breakfast Club. Mm-hmm. I just... I like the people that they interview and...
1: Yeah. They Envy, them, Angela Yee, and Charlemagne are annoying to me. Angela Yee? I don't like any of them.
0: Envy it's just... I don't think he's smart. <laughs> I think he got an ill for music and they put him on a radio show. <laughs> uh, Charlemagne. He apparently got a lot of relationships with a lot of famous people mm-hmm. and I imagine that's his value to the show but I mean he found a way to make his. Mm-hmm. The thing I don't like about Charlemagne is that whenever he messes up and says something stupid he corrects it probably by going to Twitter and reading the best comments that he can find because I don't think he's all the way there.
1: <laughs> and the
0: Yee, I just don't know why she there. No. Um, but I watch it because I value the people that They interview interview. yeah and sometimes it's a good show and they those three are part of the good show they just not consistent enough for me to say I'm finna watch this show regardless of who's on because I like these three yeah it's like I watch it when it's somebody and um I was watching schoolboy Q's interview um but at some point I saw oh no it was a rumor report Mm -hmm. with Angela Yee on the YouTube Mm -hmm. and they talked about Offset um and something that i value that offset did was on the show they asked him when was the last time he saw his dad and he said like it was a long time ago mm-hmm. He's like i don't even know i don't i don't remember and uh oh he, yeah he reconnected recently. yeah he reconnected he said man i, I don't know i want to know where he at. where you at man like holla at me he said i mean he said i'm trying to get his man money <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying he said he did talk to his daddy one time and he was like, man, where you at? I got 20 stacks I'm going to bring to you. Like...
1: I wish somebody would call me a
0: <laughs> God damn! I know, right? Um, and, and he did reconnect with them, but I just want people to know because I work with boys who don't have their fathers in their life. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the kind of desire that these boys are walking around with to have their fathers in their life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Whether they ever say it or not, like... Offset said it. It's a lot of boys out here who want that and never get it. Yep. You know, and I just try to encourage mothers to understand that because something that I think mothers who have been hurt by this grown man don't understand is that no matter what that man did to you. Your your son's perception of that man is going to paint him as a hero Mm -hmm. and it's going to paint you as the villain. If you keep talking bad about him in front of the kid, even if the bad you talk about him it is true. true. Yep. If it is really bad enough, if the stuff about him is really bad
1: enough. They have to come to their own He'll see
0: it. The child will see it. They have to come to their own. If it ain't bad enough for the child to see, then you need to assess how bad you really interpret in that situation.
1: Yeah.
0: So I mean that's all that's the only other thing I had that I thought was of some value. We over we had two hours now. Okay. Um you got anything else on your mind?
1: Uh, Do I want to do it? Go for it. So I came in (laughs) and sat down (laughs) and there was this little circle on the couch and I was like, Oh, what's this? (laughs) And it was a one rhythm condom. And so that just led me down this rabbit hole. You got it from a radio station because it has Yeah, like- let me go ahead and explain right now because we do this at my house
0: and she walked into my house and just saw a condom on the couch, okay? I'm not getting it in like that. That's why the condom is closed and unused. I go to a radio station at night every now and then to do, on Sundays to mm-hmm. do a little part of a radio show. Well, at one show she talked about AIDS and she bought a whole table full of condoms and I picked up all the condoms
1: that i would never seen before. This has the uh, what are these called? The equalizer. Equalizer bar. So, okay. So, and then at the tip of it is the shape of a con- the regular tip of a condom, and it has the color. So then I was like, is it color? I'm not gonna sit up here and open it. So then I went to the website, and also because on the, it said vote uh, and submit designs. So I was like, what kind? Of, what kind of designs um, do they have? Or who submitted designs? Like what kind of shit? So I went to the website, and this website, because I'm I'm apparently five years old, was hilarious. Um, and they have all kind of flavored, um, and the names are just really funny. <laughs> uh, the flavor condoms are called Flavor Waves. All of these are by company. The company is One. The company is called One. Uh, they have Vanish hyper thin condoms and then they have this group that are uh tom of finland it's a tom of finland uh, collection these are apparently designed specifically for gay men and so on the packages are men like gay men in all these (laughs) these different positions um if you want to see what I'm talking about, just go to onecondoms.com and see it's, 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 hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I couldn't find, uh um, no, it's just a regular condom. Yeah, it's just a regular condom. What are they designing? I don't, I guess the package. The, out, the package. Just in the packages, I guess. Now I got condom juice on my fingers. I don't know why you opened it. Because <laughs> I wanted to see if it looked like one of these designs. Oh, they have one. Okay, so the reason why you probably are thinking like, of course, it's just a package. No, they have a, a variety called Tattoo. And these are colored condoms with ribs in it. But the ribs are in designs. <laughs> like different designs. You have to go, like, it's if you want a good laugh and if you're five like me uh onecondoms.com just go it's hilarious just if you somebody that is like not necessarily homophobic even if you're just squeamish about seeing two men avoid the tom of finland ones <laughs> you're not gonna like what you see but, but you um. Know. Yeah. Handle it. Yeah, yeah. It was just an interesting. I didn't even care about him there being a condom on the couch. He is a grown man, but like, it was what was on it. I was like, why is there equalizer bars on this? <laughs> the fuck is that? The
0: reason it's on the couch is because it was between my couch cushions when my homeboy was there last night and he didn't know what it was, so he pulled it out and then he put it on the couch.
1: Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. That's hilarious. But anyway, that's all I had. <laughs> that's it. OneCondoms.com. All right, well, <laughs> until we come the next conversation. We out. Holla.